Good evening, everyone. Oh, let's try that again. Good evening, everyone. All right, no falling asleep on me tonight, all right? If you stay with me, I'll stay with you, and we'll keep moving, all right? But uh, it's good to be here this evening, and always a blessing to come back here to White Oak, and a lot of connections here. Some that we went to Bible college are here. Exciting to see you all still serving the Lord, amen, uh, where he's called us to be. And then, of course, my, my favorite brother-in-law up here in the front, amen. You can be the favorite tonight, amen. Uh, but thankful for Richard and uh, his life and for their family and what God has done there. But uh, the Fiji Islands, uh, we invite you to all come visit us. It is a beautiful country, but as you've seen in the video there, we're there because of the people, the souls for whom Christ died. And the Lord's put that on our hearts to be able to go back and especially reach the next generation of young people coming up. And in America, we need people to reach the next generation. Amen? If the Lord tarries this coming, we have a generation coming up, and sadly, many of them are trying to fill their lives with the world and everything that the world has to offer. Drugs, immorality, technology. And yet the only answer that's really going to satisfy, the answer to life is found in Jesus Christ. And the Lord wants to use the church. Amen? He wants to use you. You are the church to reach this next generation that's right here. And I'm praying the Lord raises up people here in America to do that. As God has led us to Fiji to go. Um, but please do pray for us. We do have prayer cards back there. I encourage you to grab one of those. We're also on social media. I think there's a, quite a few here that already follow us. But if you aren't, I encourage you to follow us on our missionary journey. We have an email list back there. And you can see today how your prayers are being answered. Amen. When my parents first started out in missions. They had to send stuff back by snail mail. <laughs> Their internet wasn't even around. Took, it was like $5 a minute by calls. And so we're blessed today uh, to be able to be connected. And you can be connected with missions and see what God is doing. Uh, but before we get into the message, how many of you heard of this ma- amazing stuff? All right. Guess what? It really does come from Fiji. Some people are like, does it really? Yeah, it does. It's not just bottled in Florida or something. They stick you know, a Fiji tag on there. It comes all the way from Fiji, 8,000 miles around the world, shipped back here. And I don't own stock in the company, or I'm not a salesman, but it's good stuff. And uh, it's, it's like gold in a bottle. It'll add years to your life. It'll keep you going when you're, when you're struggling. Whenever you, you know, cut your finger with a saw, it'll help heal it quickly. So we're going to give a bottle to your pastor, all right? Because we realize that he, he needs to be healed because he goes through a lot of things in life, all right? So we're going to give you a bottle of this, pastor. But this will get you started. You've got to keep drinking it every day. No, I'm just... Just, just teasing you, but that's for you, Pastor Richard, and uh, some good stuff there. But when you do see a Fiji water bottle, would encourage you to maybe just say a quick prayer for the people of Fiji and ask the Lord to help us reach them with the gospel uh, with the time that we have left. We would greatly appreciate that. Pray for the Dekus. And sometimes when you pray for a missionary family, you maybe are just praying for one. But when you say Dekus, you're covering five, so that's kind of a good deal there, five and one. And we would appreciate your prayers for what the Lord's doing. But take your Bibles with me tonight, if you would. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 5. Hope you all had a good 4th of July. We did. Enjoyed being with Richard and the family yesterday. And uh, my wife is here, thankful for Francis. We have another little one coming. It wasn't in the video, but coming in November. So we're excited about that. I forgot to mention that this morning, Francis, so I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Okay, I appreciate that. Ephesians chapter number 5 tonight, with the time that we have. Ephesians 5, let's look here, verses 15 down to verse number 18. Ephesians 5, 15 to 18. If you're there, would you say amen? Amen. All right, let's read those verses together. They say, See then 
that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And let's read verse 18. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is its excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Let's pray tonight. Father, as we come to you, we acknowledge tonight that we are a needy people. And Lord, I know in America we're blessed with so much. And yet, sadly, there are so many that realize, do not realize, Lord, what they're missing. And God, tonight I pray you would revive our nation. God, I pray you'd bring America back to where it needs to be with you. Lord, a nation that fears you. Lord, a nation that loves you, Lord, more than the things of this life. Lord, nonetheless, I pray that you'd help White Oak Baptist Church to be a church that stands faithful. Lord, even through the trials and the troubles, Lord, that you would unify this church. That, Lord, you'd help this church to be a place that when people come, they see a people that are filled with the Spirit and the love of Christ. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to realize the great cause of missions. And, Lord, to realize the thing that is closest to your heart, and that is people. Lord, help us to love people as you do. And, Lord, tonight I pray you'd help us to realize more than ever how short our time is. Please bless this, and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Amen. I've been blessed, of course, to grow up in the Fiji Islands. And uh, growing up there, there are people that live very poorly, quite a few of them. And even through this whole coronavirus thing, uh, there have only been 18 cases in the country, which has been a blessing. But they've locked everything down in the country. They've allowed nothing to go in. My brothers, two of them are actually going to fly back, but they can't because of everything that's happened. Joel and Scott in there. So if you'd think of them, pray for them, Lord, open up the doors to get back. But when I think about this virus and the people over there only make $1.50 an hour, many of them are having to struggle to, to make ends meet, uh, live together, you know, live off the land and fishing and that sort of thing. We go around the world and you see people are, are blessed with different things. In America, I hope that I don't have to tell you tonight, but we're a very blessed people. Even if you have, make minimum wage in this country or you don't have a whole lot, <laughs> we're very blessed. But if you go anywhere and you meet anyone, we're all blessed with the same amount of something. And that is time. We're all blessed with the same amount of time. <laughs> it's not that Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos, you know, that owns Amazon, were blessed with more time than anyone else. They just made use of something good with their time to create companies that they did. We look at David Livingston or we look at Hudson Taylor, these men. And they were given an amount of time in their life. And they made it count for Christ. David Livingston was used in a great way to reach many thousands across Africa and challenge the next generation to go as missionaries. We think about Hudson Taylor that was a sickly man, and yet God used this young man to cause hundreds of others to go into China and start an inland mission that we're even today, hundreds of years, we see a couple hundred years later, still seeing the effects of the life of a man that took the time God had given to him and made it count. Church, tonight we have seconds. <laughs> I have a clock back there that's ticking, and I've got to keep an eye on it tonight, right? I've got to make sure I don't go too long. But you know what? We see that we have time, and we've got to make that count. And I hope tonight as we look at the day and age we live in, we can see the chaos of 2020, and how many are ready for 2020 to be over, right? <laughs> Boy, goodness, we've gone through a lot this year. 
And yet God has appointed all these things for a purpose and for this time. You know what? God has you and God has me and my family. Where he has us right now for such a time as this. Don't look at your life and discredit it. I see some people that beat themselves up and they look at their lives and say, well, I'm just, there's nothing I can do for God. There's nothing left. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's happened to me. And yet, no, God still has you here for a purpose. Amen? God has you here for a purpose. And tonight we're going to talk about those with a few moments that we have. Look with me in verse 16 again, church. What does it say? Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We see there, we need to redeem the time. Why? Because the days are evil. <laughs> I, was, I preached this message before this whole virus uh, thing happened. And you know what? It's, it's kinda, you kind of had to try to wake people up to it a little bit more before this virus thing. But this thing has kind of woken us up, to, so to speak. And to realize that in America, this could be our last chance to turn back to God. It really could. This could be our last chance for us to reach our relatives that are around us. This could be the last year. The Lord could come back this year. You realize that? We're close. I, the Bible says, and I'm not going to say a date. There's preachers that have, but you're foolish to do that because the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour. But we can see the signs of the times. We can see everything is lining up for the Lord Jesus Christ to come back. It's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it? But you know what? It's a time that we've got to push harder than we ever have. It's a time that we've got to give our all. Anybody here like sports? Anyone struggling without sports right now? I've watched a few reruns because I need some sports, you know? When we think about sports, think about the Super Bowl where the Kansas City Chiefs were in the end of the game. And boy, it was at the end of the game, and what do they have to do for those of us that watched it? They had to kick it into high gear, didn't they, to win that game. They were down, weren't they? The last two minutes of the game, we know where it's called the two-minute warning. The apostles talked about it being the last days when they were alive. I believe they were inspired. Amen. This is the word of God we hold tonight. That was the last days. We're in the last seconds. This is it. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. And yet, can I just talk from my heart and I be honest with you? I see many churches in America that are just kind of struggling along. <laughs> many Christians that are just kind of feebly making it along. And we see this virus and the things that have happened. And you know what God's desire is for His church? His desire is for the church to be unified in the cause of getting the gospel to those around us here and around the world. That's His cause. And if we're not careful, we allow things to creep into our lives. We allow our seconds, our time to be wasted. Church, let that not be said of us. Young people, I hope you don't look at your life and say, man, I've got a long life to live. But you know what? Before you know it, you're going to be my age. You're going to be Pastor Richard's age. It's a little bit older than me, right? Then you're going to be, what? A lot older. Life is going to go quickly. It does. The older I get, it seems the faster life goes. And if you're not careful, you're going to wake up one day and say, where has my life gone? What have I done with my life? God has a purpose for your life. Amen? Every single life that comes into this world, God has a purpose for. God has something He wants you to do with your time. Are you doing it? Let me encourage you tonight to get serious about this if you aren't. To get behind this church. Amen? Don't sit on the fence. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Get in the game. Amen? The Apostle Paul said, I am ready. That means he's willing and he's eager. 
Anybody that knows me knows I'm very competitive. Amen, Pastor Richard? I hate to lose. First time I met him, we were playing ping pong. And let's just, we won't say who won, but let's just say that I, I won. Yes. But Pastor Richard, and I like that because he's very competitive as well. He didn't think a whole lot of me dating his sister. But I took that time and made use of it. Amen? Where was I going with that? I don't know. But that was a good story. But we see our time that God has given to us. He has called us to redeem the time. What are we going to do with it? What has the Lord called us to do to redeem the time? As we look around us, the time is getting close. How many of you read the book of Revelation? (laughs) Boy, it's getting close. Do you realize that tonight there are over 9 billion mobile connections around the world? You can go to places like Africa or third world Fiji. People live in a tin shack and yet they have a mobile phone. (laughs) It's crazy. Our world is connected today more than ever. Even through this virus, I've been able to preach 8,000 miles away to the people in Fiji who have been under lockdown just like we have. Great opportunities with these moments that we have left. Opportunities that people in the past have not had. But are we going to take the time we have and make use of it? It's now or never. (laughs) It's now or never if it's going to take place. And God has called us to be a part of this. We, We see here tonight, people are dying. Why do we need to redeem the time? Because souls are dying tonight. And you know what? I ask the Lord to keep that on my heart. There's a song entitled, Lord, Help Me Win the Lost. If you're like me, and I think all of us tonight, no lost people. What's going to last forever, church? What's going to last forever? Boy, I love your auditorium here and seeing the improvements of what God has done in this place through the years. It's beautiful. But you know what? This church building is not going to last forever. You know, in America, God has blessed us with houses and cars, probably for many of you. (laughs) God has blessed you with many other things. We could go on and on tonight. And yet, all of those material things will not last forever. There are only two things tonight that will last forever. It's the souls of the people sitting here. The souls of the people you see at work and school and your neighbors. The souls of the people around Stratford, Connecticut, throughout Connecticut. The souls of every single one in the United States. And the souls of the 7.7 billion people around the world are going to last forever somewhere. If you're a Christian tonight, that should do something to you. That should do something to you. We can become hardened. There's times in my life that that's happened where we just kind of go through the motions and we're not redeeming the time to realize that, Lord, help my life to count. How is your life going to count? By reaching other people. By caring about what God cares about. The souls of every person And the second thing that will last forever are these promises tonight. These promises. There have been people through the ages that have tried to destroy this book. And yet it stands forever. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You can go to countries around the world and this book is outlawed. Why is that? Not Cinderella's outlawed. Or the Book of Mormon. Or these other religious books. It's the Bible. Why is that? Because this book is true. And people either accept it. Or they hate it because they know it's true. Tonight, there are people, though, around the world that have not heard this book. It is estimated that over half of the world's population has never had the opportunity to have the Word of God. Over half. Take a moment and let that seek in. 
Why is that? I believe God has given us the means. God has given us the finances. <laughs> God has given everything we need, and he's even given us the time that's going by. And yet a pastor much older and wiser than I said this. He said, I tried to figure out why is that? That in the 21st century, half the world doesn't have the word of God. He said, and the only thing I could come to figure out is that the half of the world that does have it doesn't value it enough to get it to the half that doesn't. Our time's running out, church. What are we going to do with that time? I've given my life to the Lord, and yet I'm only one life. <laughs> but God can do great things for one life. I said, Lord, here am I. It's not about ability tonight, simply about availability. God, here am I. Use me. It breaks my heart to see young people that even I went to Bible college with, people that I've come up through life with, that have departed from living for God. I pray for them. But you know what? We've got to continue in the work God's called us to. Don't get discouraged by those around you. Be encouraged because why? We're on the winning side. Make sure that your life counts. You know what? God could raise up a generation. God could cause revival in our country. But are we doing all that we can? Redeeming the time tonight. Quickly, what does redeeming the time mean? It says there in Ephesians 5.16, what does it say, church? Redeeming the time. What does that mean? Well, let's start tonight by talking about what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean trying to recall the past. The past is gone. It's over. If you're like me, I have some regrets from my life. Some things that I did as a teenager that you're like, man, what was I thinking? <laughs> Even as adults sometimes, Francis says, what were you thinking? You know, why'd you do that? Sometimes we do things in life we regret. But you know what? The past is behind us. We can't change it. Tonight, if you've accepted Christ, you probably have a past that you're ashamed of. And yet, don't let the devil drag that up in your life. Realize God has you alive today for a purpose. Amen? That's behind. The Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, I, what? Press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't let that drag you down. The present means to redeem the time now. Redeeming the time means redeeming it in the present. Redeeming the time does not mean dreaming about the future. Tomorrow is the day that may never come. Only today counts. <laughs> Let's take the time God's given to us. Young people, I know when I was your age, I used to think, man, I can't wait till that day that I'm free, right? <laughs> My nephew just turned 17 and he told his mom, he said, man, I can't wait another year or so. I'll be free. But he didn't mean it like that, but he did mean it like that, right? To be done. And, and many people aspire to that. But you know what? Don't just look ahead to those events. Oh, I can't wait till this next event. Or you may say, for Francis and I, the Lord's really challenged me to not just say, well, can't wait till we get to Fiji. But you know what? God has a work for us to do now. Amen? I'm praying the Lord allows us to even challenge some young people. We were in a church and a young lady came up afterward and said, you know what? I believe God is leading and calling my heart into missions. That's an encouragement to my heart. Amen? The Lord wants to use you to influence other people in that way. All of us have influence. The older you get, the more you have. Over your family, over those around you. How are you using your time and that influence? Are we using it wisely? May we ask the Lord tonight to search us and to help us. Redeeming the time means to utilize the present. It means to purchase, to keep from being lost or 
waste it. Any coupon collectors here tonight? <laughs> All right, we have a lady back here. Many ladies like to do that, don't they? Collect those coupons. And Francis collects some of them while we're traveling on the road. We try to use those to save some money. But what does a coupon have on it? Expiration date, doesn't it? It has a time where it comes where that coupon can no longer be used. There's a time that it must be used. Our lives are the same way. There's a point in time when we were born. Today is my birthday. Thankful to be 25 years old today. Turned 25. 25 years ago I was born. Shoo, it's gone fast. But you know what? There's an appointed time when I'm going to die or when Christ is going to come back. And if I don't make use of the time God's given to me, it's going to be what? Expired. Just like those coupons we don't use. Let's ask the Lord tonight to help us with this. It says there in verse number 15, See then that ye walk, what does it say? Circumspectly. That has the idea of accurately, carefully, or well. Fools plunge ahead without looking in any direction. But the wise person looks with care at his circumstances and opportunities and redeems the time. Quickly tonight, how shall we redeem the time? And we'll be done. First of all, we need to redeem the time by trusting Christ as Savior. Trusting Christ as Savior. I wonder if there's one here tonight that doesn't know the Lord Jesus as Savior. It breaks my heart. So I've known young people that have grown up in a church just like this. And yet when that time comes and they're free, so to speak, they're gone. (laughs) They missed it, didn't they? The Bible says, by their fruits ye shall know them. You know what, if they truly had accepted Christ, if He had come in, as the Scripture says, where old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new, then what? They'd be living for God. They missed it. Either that or they're the most miserable person in all the world. Because why? They have Christ in their life and they, they know the truth, but they're not living for it. But sadly, there are many that miss it. I wonder if there's a young person like that tonight, that you're trying to figure out if this book is true or not tonight. It is true. Amen? I'm thankful that as a teenager, I had to come to a place where I realized this isn't just mom and dad for them. This is for me. Where I got in this book as a teenager and I began to search and say, is this the truth or not? Young people, let me challenge you to do that. Either this is all lies or it's all true. It's one or the other. Either Jesus was the biggest lying hypocrite in the history of the world or he is God himself risen from the dead, coming again. It's one or the other. It wasn't that he was just a good man in history. It's one or the other. And tonight, you've got to find that for yourself. Search and find. You know what? If you search and find, you'll find as I did and many others have. You'll taste and see that the Lord is good. That this book is true. That he loves you. (laughs) Wow. The creator of this universe loved me enough to come and die for me. Don't wait. If you're putting it off, don't wait. The Bible says, behold, now is what? The accepted time. There's that word again. Because we never know when that last heartbeat's going to be. When that last moment's going to come, and that's our last second. Now is the time. While we still have the opportunity, while the door for salvation is still open, will we accept it? Redeem the time, first of all, by accepting Christ as Savior quickly tonight, by abiding in the Lord while we still have the strength and health to do so by abiding in the Lord. Let me encourage you tonight. It's not just enough to know Christ, the Savior, and be saved. You've got to walk with Him and know Him. You know what? That's where many people miss it. 
They just think, well, I just want to get a free ticket to heaven. It doesn't work that way. You look at the early Christians and what? They were totally sold out to God. You say, well, look at all the things they went to. Yet, I would tell you tonight, they were some of the most happiest and joyous people in all the world. How do you know that, Brother Josh? Because they said what? They counted it joy to suffer for Christ's sake. Boy, they were pretty crazy, weren't they? No, they were what? They were filled with God and filled with the Lord Jesus Christ. They looked at them and said, these are unlearned and ignorant men. And yet they took knowledge that they had been with who? Jesus Christ. If we're going to influence this next generation, God's really worked on my heart about this. It's not simply about following the Baptist way and a set of rules, but it's about being filled with God. We have a generation that knows what it means to walk the Baptist line, so to speak, and yet they don't walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it's at, church. If you're going to reach the people around you, maybe you have given them the gospel. I hope you have. But the thing that's going to make the difference is if you take the time you have to live the gospel before them. It's really what the ultimate thing is that makes a difference. It's a missionary that went to South Africa. His name was Mitten. And he went to that country to serve the Lord. He had, God gave him the opportunity there in South Africa to start a church. And then God gave him the opportunity to, to develop relationships. One man he developed a relationship with was a man by the name of Skulk. You've heard of him before. Skulk, probably not a name we hear too often. But he was a native there, and David had witnessed to him, David Mitten, for many, many years. And as he began to witness and, and have a relationship with Skulk, God led David to go to another place and start a mission, start a church. David would swim across a river there because there was no way to get to that village. One day as David was swimming back from that village, he heard the dreaded words from the locals, Crocodile! And as he was swimming, this missionary, the crocodile got him. The crocodile began the death, death roll, as they call it. And Daniel was thinking, my goodness, this is it. Lord, I'm coming home, right? <laughs> but you know what? In those moments, he remembered the locals telling him that you could stick your hand inside the mouth of the crocodile. And sometimes there's a valve you can find, and if you pull it, the crocodile will let you loose. So Daniel said, well, I guess it's worth a try, right? So he got his hand inside that crocodile, he pulled, and that crocodile released him. But by this time, his legs were, were bleeding, his skin, of course, was very ripped up. They took him back to the missionary house, and in the midst of this difficulty that he had gone through, he was laying there on this bed, they stitched him up, he was laying there, and he began to sing praises to God, because he realized that God had a purpose. That God allowed him to live for a reason. That God still gave him more time for a reason. He began to praise God. I don't know what you've gone through even through this virus, but realize God still has you here for a purpose. God's still giving you time for a purpose. White Oak Baptist Church is still here for a purpose. Are we going to take the time God's given to us? Of course, Daniel Mitten's friend, Skulk, they had become good friends through the years. He heard what happened to Daniel when he came to visit him. But as he approached the mission house, he heard something. He heard Daniel praising God. You know what, folks, tonight? That wasn't a fleshly reaction, was it? That was because why? The Spirit of God was living through Daniel Mitten. <laughs> what would we do in our flesh? 
what most people would do, wouldn't we? We complain, God, I wasn't doing anything wrong. But yet, he was filled with the Spirit of God. As Daniel Mitten came into that room, the first thing he said was, I want to be saved. Daniel said, after all this time, why now, Skulk? He said, because I want what you have. Can that be said about our lives tonight? If it's not, we still have time. Amen? I hope you'll get back on the path of being sold out to God. Look at the book of Acts. Look at how they were sold out and ask God. I'm asking the Lord to help me with that in my life. To be sold out like these men were. Boy, what God could do through a church that's totally sold out to Him. What God could do through individuals that are totally sold out to Him. Will you be a person like that tonight? What's holding you back? Whatever it is, God will forgive you of it. And you know what? It's not worth holding on to. Give it to Him tonight. Redeem the time by trusting Christ and then abiding in Him. Don't let the devil detour you. He says to people, not just now, but later. There's plenty of time. Have some time for yourself. It's a hard path. Not for people like me or you. But that's not true. (laughs) The greatest and safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Instead of listening to the devil, give God your best. Give Him your best. Can I just share... One thing quickly, we're almost done. There's a day that America was used as a great missionary force around the world to send missionaries to countries around this planet to reach many with the gospel. And yet today we have, I don't know the exact numbers, but there are a multitude of missionaries coming off the fields and not as many going. Today, it's sad, but in many churches the emphasis on missions is not what it once was. To some families, it's become a thing of, well, if everything else doesn't work out, then you can be a missionary. (laughs) We don't give God the best. And yet I'm thankful for people like Hudson Taylor's parents that prayed for a son, that God would give them a child to go as a missionary to the country of China. We need some families like that. Maybe God hasn't called you to go, but would you pray God would give you a child to go? Would you pray God would give you grandchildren to go? Would you pray God would just give this church people that you can send? New England has become a mission field. (laughs) I wish there was another one of me to go to New England and start a church. Boy, I wish there are places around this planet to go. And yet we must just do what God's called us to do. Would you pray with me? The Lord Jesus didn't give us many prayer requests. We all have prayer lists, hopefully. We pray for those that are sick, those that we know. And yet, let us not forget the prayer request of the Lord Jesus Christ. What did he say? Looking on the fields, he said, they're white into harvest. He said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors. I hope if you're not praying that way, that you'll put that on the top of your prayer list and make a decision every day to pray for that. Say, God, would you send forth laborers? God, send forth laborers. You saw the video tonight. And there are are Mormons. Mormons are required as part of their religion to go for two to three years to serve on a mission. There are literally tens of thousands of Mormon missionaries around the world. (laughs) Young people. They go. There are even elderly folks. That one picture was all white-haired folks. White people. Fiji, they're not white. They're dark-skinned, right? But they were all retired Mormons come over to spread the teachings of the Mormon church. They don't have the truth. We do tonight, right? (laughs) We do, amen? 
boy, you may say, well, I'm just at the end of my life. No, God has something for you to do now. I don't know what it is exactly. It may be to go on a mission trip. It may simply be to pray that God would help you reach your children and grandchildren if you haven't, or called one of them to go. Church, let us keep at our forefront with the time that we have left what really matters. Thirdly, we need to redeem the time by reaching the next generation for Christ. How did you get the gospel? Somebody was faithful to pass it on to you and I. I'm thankful for parents that simply did what God wanted them to do. My dad struggled in school, and yet God has used him in a great way. Why is that? Because he simply said, Lord, here am I, use me. (laughs) Amen? You've seen what he's done in our family and calling my brothers and I into missions. Why is that? Just simply because here is a man just from little old Johnstown, Pennsylvania that said, God, if you can use me, here am I. Would you be a person like that? And would you cry out for this next generation? I see, and I hope this isn't the case in your life, but some folks just look at this next generation and say, well, there's no hope for them. They just play video games. They're on social media all day and drink monster energy drinks. There's no hope. And yet what? They're souls for whom Christ died. And if we don't reach them, they're going to spend eternity in a lake of fire. If this book is true, which it is 100% tonight, what are we going to do with the time that we have? Well, we need to cry, don't we? I hope that you spend some time. You say, well, I don't cry. But at least be sorrowful enough to pray that God would help us to reach this next generation. Lastly, we need to redeem the time by getting the gospel to the unevangelized lands while we still have time. There's opportunities right now to get into Fiji. Well, the planes are shut down with the coronavirus, but before this, Fiji's still open to the gospel. We're able to go into the schools and places, and I realize that that door may not always be open. In America, I hope you realize that our door is closing. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news or darkness, But you know what? The Bible tells us it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. There may be a revival, maybe a time where we we get back on track. But in the end times, it's going to get worse. And our door is closing. Our time is running out. What are we going to do with it? Around the world, there are many countries where the door is still open. But that door is going to shut. You may say, well, what's my part? Your part is to do whatever God lays on your heart to abide in Him to just be surrendered as He leads you. We can all pray. We can all give. And we can all go where God has us. I hope to encourage you tonight to do that with missions. You may say, well, what is missions? It's simply getting the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who have not accepted it. And seeing them grow in the Lord. There are 14,000 people groups in the world. And again, 7,000 of them are unreached. 7,000. There are over 14,000 Baptist churches similar to yours. If each of them would adopt, even just two of them would adopt one people group, we could reach them in our generation. We have the means. Maybe God would put that on your heart to pray. I don't know what God would do tonight in your heart, but be surrendered to Him. Say, Lord, what do you want me to do with the time that I have left? It says here, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Trust Christ as Savior if you don't know Him tonight. Ask questions. Find the truth. Search for it. You'll find it. Secondly, tonight, abide in Christ. Thirdly, let's reach the next generation. 
We've got to reach them. I've got to cry out to God for them. God, let's ask the Lord, God, give us a heart for the next generation. You know what the next generation truly is looking for? Is love. Not Hollywood love where they get married and two weeks later they're divorced. That's not love. They're looking for that unconditional agape love. You know what? It's not just simply giving them the gospel. They've got to see that through our lives. And then lastly, of course, reaching the unevangelized. I could go more into it tonight, but I'll close with this, um, this story about a man. I'll get the story out here so I quote it correctly. But there was a man that was a murderer and a burglar in his lifetime. He was sentenced to death. He had his last meal they had given to him. He had his breakfast of eggs and salty bacon. And the executioner came. And there was a prison chaplain who was reading aloud from the consolations of religion about the fires of hell as this man was being taken to his death. This man named, uh, this named, this man named Peace burst out to this chaplain and said, Sir, if I believed what you and the church of God say that you believe, even if England were covered with broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it, if need be, on hands and knees and think it worthwhile living just to save one soul from an eternal hell like that. So from a man that didn't know Christ, if it's true, what are we willing to give? <laughs> our time, we need to give to him. If we could bow tonight and close our service. Father, I thank you for your word and Lord, how you've challenged me. Lord, I know I've failed you many times. But God, I thank you for your grace that has brought me back. And Lord, tonight I pray if there be a young person here tonight that doesn't know you as Savior, God, that they would be saved. Maybe there's a young person that has trusted Christ and yet they're not walking with Him. Or not just young people, but everyone here tonight. And Lord, for those of us that do know you, Father, help us to realize our life isn't just simply to live the American dream and get lots of things and then die one day but it's to reach people around us, to reach the next generation. And Lord, to reach those that you give us the opportunity to. Lord, to reach those around the world that haven't had the gospel. Father, I pray you use this church, use these individuals, and use your word tonight. May we be faithful in redeeming the time. In Christ's name I pray.